0: Philippians chapter two. Last week we talked about what, where, where, so this was the church at Philippi, and it was named Philippi after Philip of Macedon, which, who was the father of Alexander the Great. And, uh, so that was the Greek Empire, but the Roman Empire came along after that when, um, Antony and Cleopatra, Antony had a, uh, had a battle with Brutus there, and they won, and so as a result, it became a, like a retirement village for people that, for Roman soldiers that were retiring, so there's just all these Roman soldiers that, that lived there. Started, it was meant for three or four thousand soldiers to live there, but in when Paul wrote this letter, there were... a There were about 16,000 Roman soldiers that lived there, guys that had been in the Roman army, fought all over the known world. And um, so it was an unusual kind of a city. And Paul had a good relationship with them there, and he had been at least once. And so he writes this letter to them, and um, he starts it off with Paul and Timothy. But um, Paul is definitely writing it himself. It's consistent with all the other letters of Paul. So we start off in chapter two. Chapter two is kind of interesting because he, um, there's four chapters, but when we get to the end of chapter two, you're going to think he's going to say, Amen. See you later because it sounds like he's shutting down, but then he goes on for two more chapters. It's kind of like he was landing the plane and he forgot something. And so he takes off again in chapter three. And then it sounds like he's up and landing the plane again at the end of chapter three. And he takes off again and finally it ends in chapter four. But well, we're starting with chapter two today. Verse one. Um, and remember this, this, uh, this whole letter is, the theme of it is joy. Count the number of times he says joy or rejoice and those kind of things. It's it's they're all the way through there. So he says, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ. Okay, whenever you see those that words it, it, that it says, if there is any consolation, that word's not really if. It's always since. Since there is a consolation in Christ, since there's comfort of love, since there's fellowship of the Spirit, since there's affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Okay, let's stop right there. What does he mean by being like-minded? Can we really be like-minded? Do we do we all have to agree on everything? Oh, we don't, we're not going to agree on everything. The, the like, the, the mind that he wants us to have, he talks about in the rest of this paragraph. And then in the paragraph exactly following, when he, when it gets to what he says about Jesus, Jesus was of that same mind. And the like minded that he's talking about, I believe, is being others minded. Be, be like minded by thinking about other people. Um. It really what he says, the words like-minded, really the Greek word there means to think the same way. Just think the same way. And as a church, I believe that, that we need to have the same way of thinking about things. We may come to a different conclusion or have a different opinion about it, but we need to think along the same line, think the same way. And and part of that is being others minded, and we'll see that in the rest of this thing i when we when I was looking at this, I thought about there was a movie years back, and it was a war movie it was called the big Red one and it was World War two and it was about first division. I'm not going to go on too long about it. Sarge may have more knowledge about what what it is, but the big Red One was well known for um they had they were They were in the very beginning of the war. A lot of people didn't come along until D Day, but they fought the war up by within six months of being of of Pearl Harbor. Within six months, they were fighting in North Africa. So they were involved in that. And then they were involved in the invasion of Sicily and and Italy and going up from the south and, and all along those beaches around Italy uh taken on the axis powers name mainly mussolini and all that bunch but that's where the the war actually started they didn't uh, the northern european theater so they had a reputation of living longer than other groups did and the reason was because they looked out for each other they didn't just look out for themselves they and and if you think about it you've got a platoon or a battalion or whatever, and you have, if I'm looking out for myself, I never have more than one person looking out for me. But in a platoon or a battalion or whatever, you if you're looking out for everybody else, you have a lot of people looking out for you. And that's better than just looking out for yourself. And I, that being others-minded is what what Paul is talking about when he writes to the Philippians. Not that they... Not that they agree on everything, but they be like minded in this. He says, um, Fulfill my joy by being like minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let, and here it is, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem himself. Esteem others better than himself. That's it. let each esteem others better than himself. Now you can get in trouble there if 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 you only think of others. But I mean, he brings him a little more clarity in the next verse. He says, "Let each, let each of you look out not only." for your own interests. So you can look out for your own. You can look out for yourself, take care of your family, make sure that you've got a nest egg and things like that. So not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others, being others minded. The
1: Amplified says, verse two, fill up and complete my joy by living in harmony and being of the same mind and one purpose, having the same love Being full
0: accord and of a harmonious mind and intention. Harmony. Yeah. Would you agree with me that others-minded is kind of the theme that he's going towards there? Uh, Others. others Others-minded. And now look at what he says about Jesus in the next few verses, starting with verse 5. Let this mind be in you. What mind? Well, I think he's talking about what he just talked about. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Um, okay. When it, what it says in being in the form of God, the the word "form" there means the essence, the very essence of of who God is. What God is, all of that was in Jesus. Every bit of it was, it was in Jesus' DNA. The God DNA was all in Jesus. And no matter where Jesus was, no matter what he looked like, nothing changed the fact that he was God. That idea that he's God, man, I saw a, a YouTube video the other day of a Muslim man asking a Christian, some questions about Jesus, and he made this statement. He said, Jesus never said he was God because Muslims believe that he was um a, a, a prophet, but he said the Bible does not say, Jesus is God, I beg your pardon. It does say. It says right here that who being in the very essence of God, since since he is God, every bit of God is in him, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, if I look at my um at the notes on that what the strong's concordance says about that, which is at the end of my bible passage here some, something to be held on to to be equal with God, like that he had a certain crown that he wore or or certain a badge that he wore with his name on it, or something like that—something to be held onto to be equal. Jesus, was, everything in Jesus was equal already, so he didn't consider it robbery or something to be held onto. The picture that I have of that is um, there was a movie called Napoleon Dynamite a long time ago, and there was a guy named Uncle Rico, and Uncle Rico lived to be the—I mean, his whole. Life was wrapped up in being the quarterback of the team. Now, Uncle Rico is about 40 years old, but when all this is going on, but he talks, he talks about his high school days. Man, if, if the coach had just put me in, I, I I'd have thrown, and he said, I could have thrown the ball over that mountain. I mean, he talks about that. He wore his letter jacket. This is a little bit like that, that Jesus, it's not like Jesus had some letter jacket, that without that letter jacket, he wasn't Jesus anymore. That he wasn't the captain of the football team. All those, whatever you think of Jesus holding on to, Jesus didn't have to hold on to that because he was fully God the whole time. But he made himself of no reputation. It, that, the word there says that he, he removed all the trappings of godliness made himself of no reputation. So what he did was he took that letter jacket off. So nobody, nobody recognized him. We go, oh, well, that's, that's a that captain of the football team guy. Made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. So before he was the essence of God, right? And now he, he comes and he's the essence of a man. Traded one essence for another, and became obedient to the point of death, and not just any death. Not like he got in a battle with some, you know, that uh, that warrior thing about you die like a warrior. And you, we've all seen movies like that. Oh, don't let me, you know, die, don't let me die without my sword, uh, you know, to to be hung or something like that. It was just. The lowest form of death. So not only did he become obedient to the point of death, even death of the cross. The mo the most horrible, and not just that. I mean, any dying is bad, but the cross not only was bad, a bad way to die, but it was also the what it signified that you were the lowest of all criminals. Um, so he he came obedient even to death on the cross. Therefore, so the most ignoble death was a death on the cross. Therefore, not just, whenever you see therefore, you got to be reminded what it's there for. It's all the things before. Because, not just in spite of, the death on the cross, but partly because of the death on the cross. It's connected to that. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name, the, what, what name? The name, I mean, he's given up the name of God, but um, given up all that stuff from heaven, all the angels know who he is. When he walks down the street, everybody knows who he is, and he left all that behind. So God has highly exalted him, going, going from ignoble to noble and given him the name which is above every name that, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue, which, how many tongues? Every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we don't have any idea, we never call anybody Lord anymore. Um, But 100, 200 years ago, even in, in America, they still call people Lord, Uh, you know, they, a lot of people refer to George Washington as Lord, um, because he because he was a person. What what Lord means is you acknowledge their right to rule, and even in America they were ready for George Washington to be king, and it wasn't a big deal for uh, for people to recognize that guy's made to rule. We don't have that anymore, except in Jesus.
1: Sarah called Abraham Lord.
0: Well. Everybody called everybody Lord back then. I mean, not everybody. There were certain people who, because Abraham did rule over thousands of people and he ruled over his family. We don't have that anymore either. More's the pity. Pam doesn't ever call me Lord. But, but that word, that every knee is going to bow down and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that means recognizing that he has the right to rule. So when we talk about make Jesus our Lord and Savior, that's what we're doing. We're saying, Jesus has a right to rule over my life. I, if I recognize that like I'm supposed to, like Paul says right here, then that's the deal that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So he goes from ignoble to most noble. But in all of that, why did he do it? Because he was others-minded. Okay, so, uh, I didn't, oh, I'm doing good. Therefore, my beloved, beloved, that's, that's a good word there, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. So he's saying, I want you, I still want you to be faithful. In fact, Paul is claiming a little bit to be Lord and spiritual Lord over them here. That you'd obey not as in my presence only, not just while I'm there, but also how much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and dribbling. Does that mean that Paul was uh, endorsing a works-based religion? That you worked for your ser- salvation? Well, the word work out there means do what's required to complete to bring yourself to maturity or sanctification. Not not working out your salvation, so to speak, but, but work out... And workout there is like exercising. I mean, if oh, I didn't mean to do that. I meant to ask y'all, when I say workout, just workout, what do you think? If Dale says, well, I, I had a workout this morning, you, of course you think. Exercising. Jimmy, you? Jimmy, at, Jimmy works out all the time. Jimmy puts me to shame, I'll tell you what. But that's what it's talking about is do what's required in your life To move yourself towards sanctification. Move yourself towards the a completion, a maturity that God's looking for for you to be able to fulfill your purpose. So work out. Do the workout so that you can move towards that. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do. Now we have free will, and God the spirit in us can work if, if we will just get out of the stinking way. If we'll just get out of the way. God's got in us what we need to do, to will to do it and to do the work to do it. We've got that in us if we'll just get out of the way, if we'll quit being just silly. He says, so, and here's how you do it. This is a little bit of a recipe that Paul's giving them right here. It says, do all things without complaining and disputing. The Greek word for complaining there is gogismon. And gogismon, that's the way you say it, go-gismon. It's The word sounds like murmuring. What's the difference between murmuring and complaining?
1: Fault finding. The says fault
0: finding. Okay, that's murmuring. What about complaining? And it says complaining. Okay. What's the difference between murmuring and complaining? How many people does it? How many people does it take? I'm complaining and disputing. I'm sorry, those two words. Complaining and dispute. How many people does it take to complain? What? No, I can complain all day. I can gripe, 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 and it doesn't require anybody else enabling me or going along with me. I can gripe all on my own. But what, yes, murmuring and complaining, those are the same thing. thing. But what about disputing? How many people does it take to dispute? At At least two. Bickering is what my mom used to say, and she'd start swinging her hand back there in the back seat. Y'all quit bickering. That's what that looks like. So he says, do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless. Become. What does that mean? That that you don't, it's not just magical, that's, that you get Jesus and you're just, you're perfect. You're You're clean as the wind driven snow from that point on. No, there's a process. There's a process, not be, but be made to be, that you may become blameless and harmless. The word harmless there um, is pure and non polluted. Uh, I mean, so it is innocent, like children. It is pure as the wind driven snow. Without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. The
1: word is con- contaminated.
0: Yes. Uncontaminated. Un- not contaminated, right. Pure, not polluted. Um, innocent is one, uh, one of the synonyms for it. Um. That you may become harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. If there was ever a verse in the Bible that was for now, it's now. This is it. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. That this is the, this is the purpose of us in the church right now. And don't get, don't get Jeff started talking because he will, he can preach on this right here. That, that it is, it is the church's time. And and for us to stand, I mean, for us to just be that light in the world. He said, among whom you shine like lights in the world. Holding fast or holding forth is a better word. Uh, Echo is the Greek word. Holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. The word there, the Greek word is trek. He says that I have not trekked. In vain, that I've not made this long arduous journey in vain, because Paul's been through a lot by the time he gets to Rome. Now, some people talk about, some people talk about that he got he got out of jail. And that he may have gone to visit the Philippians, I don't agree. I don't think he did. He got out of jail, but he had to stay in Rome. He was under kind of house arrest. And he was able to receive visitors. And he was able to write. And he, and he could eat all the food that anybody could provide for him. So he was in a better position than when he was actually in jail, literally chained to the wall. But he did not leave there. So he's still, even while he's writing this, he's still... um. Going through that arduous journey, that trekking, he said, so don't make that in vain, yes, and if I'm being poured out as a drink offering, what is a drink offering it's when uh, they do this in in other cultures um they'll go to a grave and pour pour wine or whiskey or something like that out for the dead and, and that there's lots of places where they, they offer sacrifices and they'll pour a drink offering on it. And as it's burned, as the sacrifice is burning, and that's a drink offering and it goes, the steam goes up to whatever deity that they're offering this sacrifice to. All different religions do it. But Paul has said, I'm being poured out like that and just all I am is steam just going up. As I'm being poured out as a drink offering on the sac- on the sacrifice and service of your faith. So the, their sacrifice, their service is being offered. I am glad and rejoice with you all. There again, he's in joy in the middle of this. I think he's still in prison when he's writing the Philippians. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. So he said, let's just all have a party. Because you're moving towards that. I mean, Paul is the... He should be the poster child for a positive mindset. Even in the midst of trial, he still has a good attitude. So he says, but I trust in the Lord, verse 19, oops, verse 19. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. So I'm going to send, he said, even though I've received word from you. Because what they did was they sent him a money gift. They sent him money to support himself and to take care of him in prison. And a guy named Epaphroditus has brought this gift to to him. And so he says, I'm going to, so I've heard that you're kind of, you're doing okay. But I want, I'm going to send Timothy to you to check on you myself so that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no one like-minded, like-minded. The word, the Greek word there is like facsimile, which is what we used to call a fax. And it was a copy, exact copy of of whatever you were holding in your hand, and you could run it through that fax machine and send it, and somebody somewhere else could get it, and it would be the same thing. Paul is saying, I'm going to send Timothy a facsimile of me there because he's like-minded like me, and, he will, and he'll take care of you just like if I was there. For all, because anybody else that I could send, for all seek their own, verse 21 Anybody else that I could send? And I think Paul's talking about even some people who've been faithful in the missionary journeys with him. He said, I don't have anybody but Timothy that I can send that'll be just like me being there. Because they all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. But you know his proven character, that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. Therefore, I hope to send him at once. As soon as I see how it goes with me. He's waiting to see if he gets released because there was a possibility we talked about last week. There were three possibilities. One of the possibilities was that they would just let him go. They'd say, yeah, never mind. None of this stuff holds any water. The accusations against you are no good. And so we're just going to let you go. And then he could go to Philippi himself. So he said, I'm waiting to see what happens. I'm either going to send Timothy or maybe I can come myself. When I see how it goes with me, where, oh, there it is, verse twenty-four. But I trust in the Lord that I'm, I myself shall also come to you shortly. Yet I considered it necessary to send to you, Epaphroditus. Paul, I don't believe Paul ever gets to go to Philippi because he's held in Rome. I think until he's that it, until he's what's the word I'm looking for executed. executed. Thank you. Uh, he stays in Rome until he's executed because once he left, he. He wouldn't have to go back. They probably couldn't get him again. So he didn't ever leave Rome. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Verse 25. Yet I considered it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. Where the Greek suffix or prefix on a word ep epi means from you Anybody know what that is? What if I said it like Aphrodite? That was a goddess of love. So, Epaphroditus is from Aphrodite. He could have been a follower of that religion, and he's just stuck with it because his mom called him that, but he could have changed it once he becomes a Christian. Except, later on, and it might have started around this time. Maybe Paul invented the nickname himself because it, it came to mean just a beloved one. I call my grandchildren, all of them, I say, I call them love all the time. I call Pam love sometimes. My grandkids said that when I say that, sometimes when you say that to her, it doesn't sound very nice. I go, love. <laughs> all right, Love. Paul did this. I, that may have been what he's doing. My beloved one, in I'm going to send to you Epaphroditus, because it, it'd be kind of a bummer if he's named from Aphrodite, the goddess of love. I'm going to send my, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier, but your messenger, that word, Greek word is apostolos, which is the same thing that the apostles were called, but it just means messenger. And for him, he was the guy that sent the message. He's the guy that sent all the money. He says, I'm seeing my worker, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need, the money, since he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. That he may have gotten sick on the way to visit Paul, drank some bad water somewhere or something like that. Um, so he got sick and almost died. Well, the Philippians have have heard about it. And Paul gets word that they're all worried. Whatever happened to Epaphroditus? We heard he was sick. So it says, he was in distress because you'd heard about it. For indeed, he was sick almost unto death. But God had mercy on him, not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. He said, my life is bad enough all by itself. But if Epaphroditus, this guy that I really care about a whole lot, because he took care of me even when I was in... Philippi before, and y'all sent him to me with this money. If he had died, I'd have felt awful that on top of it, and uh, including I would have had to told y'all sorry, Epaphroditus didn't make it. Therefore, I sent him the more eagerly that when you see him again, you may also rejoice and may be less sorrowful. Is that? So receiving therefore in the Lord, let me make sure that I've taken care of all that I wanted to do, okay. So receiving therefore in the Lord with all gladness, their joy again, um, with all gladness, hold such men like Epaphroditus in, in high esteem because for the work of Christ, he came close to death, not regarding his life to supply what was lacking in your service toward me, what was lacking, that doesn't sound very good. And what, he supplied what was lacking in your service toward me. He, all he meant was everybody couldn't come to Rome to see me. So he did the work for all of y'all, and aren't you glad he didn't die? Because Epaphroditus was the bridge between Paul's need for service and the Philippians' need to be of service. So Epaphroditus was that bridge, and he says, because of that, You need to hold him in high esteem, not just Timothy, my beloved son, but also Epaphroditus, and that that may have been his nickname, not his real name. That beloved one, that they started calling him that. So, I'll be gone next week. Jeff's gonna Jeff's gonna bring a teaching next week, and um, I'll be back in two weeks for chapter three. Any comments? I'm stopping right on time tonight. Any comment?
1: Can that be of the same spirit?
0: Um yeah. But he said, Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ. Mind really is that soul realm. So I think it is and and how we th- how, you, how we think about the most important thing. Is the most important thing me? But well, for a lot of people it is. Uh, for, I mean, in, the, in truth, most of us do think about ourselves, you know. I mean, when it's down to the last piece of pecan pie, I think about myself. I think about myself. In fact, it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what the first name of it is. If its last name is pie, I'm all for myself in that. Don't you know, Jimmy? So, but he's saying be others minded, even when it comes down to the last piece of pie. Because Jesus did. Jesus took off his kingly garments. He took off his "I made the whole world. Ain't nothing in the world that was made without me." He took all that off. And why? Because of us. Because he was thinking about you?
1: Yeah. Well, our brain and mind is two different things. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, our mind is connected to our spirit. Only the Word can divide it. Okay. And of course, we think with our mind, but when we're put in the grave, that goes with us. Right. Our mind and spirit will go to be with the Lord.
0: Yeah. But your mind, your thoughts, yeah, they, uh, are part of your yeah, of, of the, your yeah. The soul, soul. is mind, will, and emotions.
1: To speak to us? Yes. Right. Yes.
0: But all of that I, goes into how we are towards others. Yeah. Um, so the same mind that was in Christ, did he just give, give himself up? Paul has done the same thing. In chapter three, he's gonna he's gonna say, now if you want to talk about my letter jacket and all the things, because uh, I, I played football, baseball, and wrestling, you know, I mean, Paul did it all, and he'll say that in chapter three. He said, I, I did all those things because he's warning them against getting caught up in works based stuff. He warns them about the 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 mutilation tribe, and he's talking about circumcision and all that, because he's saying you, you got, don't worry about it. You got no business if you weren't circumcised the, the eighth day. Then don't worry about it. So, w- and we'll talk about that well, more.
1: I should have said something. You bet. My daughter is in the hospital. She's she's got a, a kidney stone that needs to be uh, busted out. And so she's just went in, and she's going to stay for the procedure in the morning.
0: Wow. How did you say her name just now? Yvette. Okay, I thought you said Yvette. It's Yvette. It's Yvette. Yeah, just like yours. Uh, kidney stones.
1: It's one large one.
0: Stone. Okay. Okay. In the hospital. Yeah, she's in the hospital. She
1: was committed this afternoon
0: she was committed or admitted yeah committed is a different kind of hospital i used to do that for a living i used to do that for a living so it means it, it means a completely different thing so let me pray for us all right including yvette Father, we just lift Yvette up in Jesus' name that she will not have any pain that from those painful kidney stones, the worst ever. And so I pray for her to have absolutely no pain starting right this moment and that um, that she'll pass that stone and all of that will be taken care of and she won't have to have any procedure or anything else. Uh, in Jesus' name, pray for that. And I pray for all of us and... Um, for Dale and his treatment tomorrow, that, that it will go smoothly and he won't have any pain or anything, um, that, that um, all of us would receive the protection that you you give your beloved and because we are all your saints and, and you do care for us. Uh, may we behave like we're supposed to so, so that we don't need to get rescued. Um, bless us in all that we do in order that we can bless others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless y'all. Thanks.